ironic style almost anywhere you open the pages. As well as the narrator, Elizabeth and Mr. Bennet are great at ironic observation, making the reader like them a lot despite their failings. We appreciate all the laughs. There's another aspect of irony going on too, called situational irony. This is where a character confidently expects something to happen, but the opposite happens. For example, when Darcy confidently announces that the Bennets' trade relations must very materially lessen their chance of marrying men of any consideration in the world, this is ironic, because he is totally unaware that he's going to end up marrying Elizabeth himself. Look out for twists like this as we go through the plot. Another aspect of Austen's style is the amount of dialogue, much more than in other 19th century novels. There aren't many descriptive passages of setting and so on. Dialogue is the thing. This brings us to a technique that Austen sometimes gets credit for introducing to literature, a device called free indirect speech, or free indirect discourse. You don't need to worry about this till A-level, but then again it will impress if you can make sense of it. It means that instead of writing the character's actual words, Austen reports what they say, all mixed up with the narrator's voice. Look at this bit from Darcy's proposal. He spoke well, but there were feelings besides those of the heart to be detailed. And he was not more eloquent on the subject of tenderness than of pride. His sense of her inferiority, of its being a degradation, of the family obstacles which had always opposed to inclination, were dwelt on with a warmth which seemed due to the consequence he was wounding, but was very unlikely to recommend his suit. The words inferiority, degradation and family obstacles are Darcy's, but with the narrator's comments intermixed to underline just how offensive he's actually being. So what about genre? What type of novel is it? The novel form really took off in the 18th century and was hugely popular in the early 1800s. Writers were taking the form in various directions, and the Gothic novel with its thrilling adventures, hapless heroine and wicked villain was especially popular. Austen's novels are nothing like this. They focus on the everyday lives of ordinary middle-class women in England at the turn of the 19th century. They are sometimes called novels of manners, because social interaction and etiquette are so important in the stories. Austen knew that her books had quite a narrow focus. She wrote to her nephew, who was also a writer, What should I do with your strong, manly, spirited sketches, full of variety and glow? How could I possibly join them onto the little bit, two inches wide, of ivory, on which I work with so fine a brush, as produces little effect after much labour? She might be joking again, but the image of fine, detailed painting seems to fit. You could say that her novels are realistic, because the events are every day and the main characters recognisable, flawed and complicated. However, she does blend in fairy tale elements, like the happy ever after idea, and there's more than a hint of the Cinderella story about Pride and Prejudice. This is a novel that is meant to make us think seriously, despite Austen's comment that it lacked shade. It questions women's position in the world, the restrictions on them, the unfairness of the inheritance laws. 
Elizabeth takes control of her future at key moments and has her own opinions throughout. She is not the lovely but helpless heroine of the popular gothic novels. She has a brain and energy and she uses them. What about structure? Well, this is a chronological narrative, spanning just over a year in the lives of the characters. Past events are mentioned in letters and conversations, and future ones at the end, but the drive of the plot is straightforwardly chronological. It was published in three volumes, and the structure of the story reflects this, rather like a three-act play. In volume one, Jane and Bingley meet, are attracted and separated, while Elizabeth has to deal with her two false suitors in the shape of Collins and Wickham. In volume two, Elizabeth and Darcy's relationship reaches rock bottom in that awful proposal, and Elizabeth is forced to begin her journey of self-discovery.